You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life, drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to another show of Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so delighted that you are here with me today. We've got a great show for you tonight with my old wonderful friend, Marguerite Manning, who is a renowned past life astrologer. Marguerite talks about how your previous life currently impacts your life today and it's amazing how right on target she is look i just got to say if you're having issues that keep on coming up in this life that you might want to consider booking a time with marguerite because not only does she bring common sense to the matter she will give you great insight on on why the past keeps popping up Well, in any case, I just love this gal, and we've been such good friends for so, so many years. Also, I just got word from Australia that our friend Stan Lee is alive and well, and he is ready to come back on to the Law of Attraction Radio Network with his show once again. So not only will he keep us updated on the happenings in Australia, he's going to be able to help us along astrology-wise as well. Remember, he has a very unique system that he uses the numbers as well as astrology to predict the future. It's fascinating, and he's always right on target too. So... You are uh, really going to like this, and I hear he's going to be doing live events so that you can ask your question to him directly, and that is amazing uh, because it really does make a difference to those who are listening. They will identify with exactly the question that you're asking, so it's always good. I truly want to be optimistic about the future right now, especially with the holidays coming up. And I got to tell you, I'm so unsure of what is actually happening. I I just don't get it. Nothing is the same as it was. And the future is a bit shaky because we don't know what to plan on. I'm out there thinking, well, should I buy a car or should I not? Should I be digging a hole in the ground and putting my money in it? I don't know. What plans should we all be making for the future? So now is the time to really get insight for what is occurring now and how to prepare for it. And this is something I really have to call myself out on, especially when I get nervous and realize everything that is happening right now. We'll be going into the history books of tomorrow. And I need to remind myself, hey, you chose to be here at this time. So don't go curl up in a ball and hide. Experience this moment because who knows, you could be in the history books too. 
I'm sure the young man Kyle did not realize that a few months ago he would be on every newspaper in the country. We had no idea the strong feelings that this trial would provoke with people who were for it and who were against it. So it is an amazing time. And when I hear something about what our president said, I just got to stop and think, well, wait, did he really say that? Or did he really do that? I really don't understand what is going on. So it takes a bit of deciphering to put it all together. I just got to remind myself to sit back and watch what is occurring. Because what is happening today, especially with COVID, that we have talked about for so long, is still in the future. Now, being that we are all students of the law of attraction, what is it that we want to take away from this time in history? Well, I want to take away things that change, things that are not getting better. But I want people to get friendlier. I want people to even get happier. Putting politics aside, I want the end result to be one that we humans are flourishing and thriving. There's nothing else more important than that. And that we are all free of illness and disease. Of course we want that. And that we are all learning the exceptional power of our mind to create truly a wonderful new life. By the way, speaking of health and speaking of the law of attraction and what we are in the midst of creating, I hear that the med beds are in Norway and they just completed the brain surgery using the med bed without cutting open or entering the skull. Yes, that did happen. It happened this week. And it happened because of this amazing bed called the med bed. It's the same kind of theory like scalar energy. The energy can and does heal the body. It just needs to be directed to it. So truly some mind-blowing things are happening right now. And that makes this an incredible, miraculous time in history as well as an action-packed history that is currently in the making. Yes, we did choose to be here at this time, and I'm thrilled. We are here together exploring the power of our thoughts to create a new reality, for we are creating a brilliant one with med beds, with finances, with the economy, with health, with well-being with emotional well-being. You see, the best is yet to be because we are creating everything to overcome that which we created to begin with. We're just fine-tuning it all. The future is going to be bright. And that is why we chose to be here. With that, let's take a fast commercial break, and we're going to be right back with my friend, Marguerite Manning. Introducing a self-healing technology that is pioneering the era of quantum healing, Scalar Light. Try it free for 15 days. 
we offer a remote healing experience that is 100% safe and natural. All we need is your photograph. Some of our programs include pathogenic cleanse, chakra balancing, and nutrient therapy. Try Scalar Light free for 15 days. Visit our website to learn more at scalarlight.com. Hey, I just want to remind you that I am your private hypnotherapist. Do you have an issue that keeps you frustrated? Are you trying to lose weight, but you're just stuck? Are you sad or depressed, forgetful, or unable to move forward after a life-changing event? Maybe you just want to be happier, carefree, and live a life that will bring more wonderful things to you, more happiness to you, using the law of attraction. Well, let me help you. I am a professional hypnotherapist for the last 20 years. And let me tell you, I've seen so many miracles happen because once the mind accepts or wants to change a situation, miracles happen. You become your own miracle-making machine. Let me help you to make an incredibly fast and easy changes that will make you a lot happier. Just go to creativeguidedimagery.com and let the fun begin. Sign up for an appointment. But wait, even better, you may want to help someone to change their life. So you just give a holiday gift certificate. This is a great way to say, you know, I know you could do this. This is exactly what you've been waiting for. Go to creativeguidedimagery.com today. It makes the perfect holiday gift to start the new year off right. They will be delighted by this. Okay, now let's get going with tonight's show. I am so thrilled to welcome my friend, Marguerite Manning. Well, welcome back, Marguerite Manning. It's been so long, and it's so wonderful to see you and talk to you again. It sure is, my fellow Gemini. I really miss speaking with you, and especially on the topics that we always seem to discuss. It's always They're always my passion, so it's really good to be back, Jules. Oh, gosh, I've missed you a lot. Now, we're going to be talking about the 12th house and the mystery surrounding it. And I think this is a topic that everyone needs to be aware of. You're absolutely right. This is what I get most of my questions about. It actually has to do with the 12th house of the, of the birth chart. And what a lot of people don't realize, it's the last house in the birth wheel. And that house is depicting the, the 30 degrees of sky right over the eastern horizon at the moment of your birth. And according to, you know, how all roads kind of uh, lead to Rome, when I've studied Edgar Cayce, or when we talk about other spiritual people that I really, really admire, and I read their work, everyone talks about the soul's portal into this incarnation is just above the eastern horizon. So it makes sense why this area of the birth chart is depicted as the soul's home. And for me, As a karmic astrologer, for that reason, it's where the inner you, your soul, keeps the memory and imprint of all that you were before, all that is not apparent, and all that is below the surface. What you and I both know psychologists refer to or psychiatrists as our psyche. But when you connect on a psychic level and I connect to it in the birth chart, it's really the soul. And that's what I believe our psyche is, no? 
Wow. Yeah. Very well put. That's beautiful. So what we are looking at is our entire being, not just this lifetime, but all of the lifetimes together. And, you know, I say this to my clients too, when they say, you know, and Edgar Casey addressed it when I read his, his writings down there in Virginia beach at the ARE of the association of research and enlightenment, he addressed this and he said, you know, you're not supposed to remember those past lives. There's a reason for that because we could get overwhelmed by them and then feel what's the point. But I have found that the people that come looking for answers about the past in this lifetime are ready to digest that that information and use the past to their advantage. And by that, I mean, remembering where it belongs. Like in other words, not going back into the past and spinning your wheels in old habit patterns and falling victim to the nostalgia of what you were yesterday, but using it as a guidepost to move beyond what you couldn't accomplish back then and that you can accomplish today. So I think it's really true that when I say to my clients, what I get to see, and I I know if I study this birth chart, this cryptic diagram of my trade, there's so much we're, we're learning about it, but I know when I study it, there probably is a way to go back to even more lives. But what I see in the 12th are the cosmic contrails of the very last physical existence the soul had on this planet. And why that's important, according to Edgar Cayce's writings, is that while it's very nostalgic in this lifetime, just say to remember when you're going into college, to remember have fond memories of kindergarten or the eighth grade or of what happened to you in the fifth grade. When you're going off to college, all that's really important is to remember everything you learned in the 12th grade because that's a culmination of all the other grades. And that's what you take with you when you go into take the next step. So according to Casey, that's exactly what we're doing in this lifetime. Those other memories, we can get all caught up in the memories of, you know, I was once a pilot, I was once Jesus and I walked with Nazareth. You can get all caught up in that. And that that's very nostalgic and it's fun to go back. But what's pivotal to this life is exactly where you left off in the last one. What did you, what was the major loss in that last lifetime that kept you from fulfilling the destiny or living up to the dreams or the very life you signed up for in that lifetime? Because in this life, we all have a loss. We all have something that crippled us because we're human in the last lifetime, but the soul has buried it. So by going back and addressing that on a conscious level, we get to see habit patterns that we didn't see before. And someone like you, I'm sure it's even more helpful too because psychic people I have found when they get these memories, they'll start to think that they're they're like flashes of things that are about to, to happen to them. So they kind of lock down when in fact, they might actually be getting memories of a last lifetime of what they shouldn't be doing. Locking down is the last thing in that area that should be done. So I always say to people, you know, the soul is in control of those memories. So we have to tap into the soul to get them. But we don't want the soul driving the bus down here. or We'd be in a ditch looking in the rearview mirror. The soul loves yesterday. It wants to connect with anything familiar, whether it be a person a situation or a wound, but we're here in this lifetime to see them, just not get caught up in them again and move past them. So, you know, it's a fine, it's a, it's a very fine dance we do down here as, as, you know, physical beings having a mental, uh, you know, spiritual beings, I should say, having a mental experience in this physical world. We have to keep our one foot in the spiritual 
uh, one foot in the physical and the soul's foot in the spiritual and kind of navigate life down here. And that's, that's what's difficult. So I think any help we can get from psychics like you, mediums like you, or even under our own birth energies, because the energies we were born into is, a, for me, a celestial reflection of the agenda that we're being physically born into in this lifetime. So even if we can get some kind of guidelines and signs from that as to where we came from, we know which direction we should be going. And I have found that it's always kind of like cold water in the face to most people. It started with my children when I started applying these formulas. And it's almost like you see an awakening where you're saying to the soul, you're validating the soul. And I always think of that as my first purpose in my sessions to validate the soul and say, you know what, this did happen to you. So you're absolutely right to feel that fear. You're absolutely justified in feeling hurt by that. But that was yesterday and yesterday's gone. Now is your time. You, cho you chose this because in this lifetime, you want to move beyond it. You want to show the universe, the higher power, the higher mind that you can get past this so that you can evolve to the very next level. And many times we get so caught up in our fears and these phobias that crippled us in the past. Exactly. That we just think it's going to happen to us again. Yeah. And I'll tell you many times in the birth chart, it's not there. It's not supposed to happen again. They're supposed to, most of these people that come to me have all the equipment, all the talents and gifts to really stand up and conquer those fears or obstacles that really challenged them in the last lifetime. So what you just said is very important because we don't have to go through what our fears are dictating to us. We can simply skim on by them. So let's talk about the past lives. Do we, in fact, bring uh, or associate with the people that we knew in our past lives? That's a really good question. And I, I was asking that too. And again, I, I got most of my information uh, in this regard from the Edgar Casey Institute, his writings on astrology back in, oh, back yeah. in the, the 20, it was incredible what he, because his soul, Ra was the name of his soul, would go down to level and talk. And Ra really was a, a spiritual being that walked with Jesus in Nazareth. Yeah. And he would, he would do medical healings for people, but he would often refer to the planets they were born under and the stars they were born under. So what I loved about Edgar Casey, and why he was one of my heroes, he brought the science and the spirit together for me. I believe I totally grew up with astronomy. My brother was a backyard astronomer and we loved the idea of the cosmos and the universe. But then bringing the, the soul into that very, very hard science of astronomy. This is what Edgar Casey did for me, showing me that spirit and science work divinely when they work together. And his, his reasoning for that was yes. Quite often, if you had a very torturous or even wonderful relationship with a parent in the last lifetime, they have the opportunity when they come into this lifetime to pay you back, to work out the issues with you or to just benefit from something you might owe them. But because we all have free choice, if they choose not to, to evolve in this life, I'm not to deal with this issue that your soul has, the universe dispatches another soul with the same issue to fill in. So many times there will be people that shared a past life with you and many times it won't be. But I truly believe that the soul recognizes those familiar energies. 
they certainly recognize the issues. The issues are very paramount and intense to them in this lifetime. But quite often when I'll be giving someone a reading, they'll say, I know who that is in this lifetime. That's You're describing that very same energy. And often it's not for negative purposes. Often it's just, have you ever had somebody that comes into your life maybe for just two months and they do something wonderful and you never see them again, or they impart <coughs> wisdom on you that you've carried throughout your whole life. That's also a very karmic relationship where you might've done the same for them in a previous one. So it's like this finely woven fabric, our lives, where threads and people will cross our paths that we've summoned and that we want to interact with. And if they want to, yes, they do. But some of them may be very, very integral and pivotal to our lives. And others may just be passing ships that impart something on us or bring us something or hurt us or throw an obstacle on our path that we chose to address in this lifetime. So I say, I said to one of my daughters, like she wants to be super, she loves the idea, she's cancer and she has superior abilities to be intimate with people. And so no relationship is worth anything to her if it's not intimate. And I say to her, you know, sometimes people in this lifetime are just supposed to be the mailman. You can say hi to them and be nice to them, but sometimes everybody is intended to have this intense relationship with you. And she gets it, but I just find it fascinating how each sign will, will respond very differently to the people that cross their paths or to their goals in this lifetime. And yes, so I've, I've recognized certain people in my lifetime that I feel were part of what I, I know looking at my chart to be my past. And there's others, and, and they, might play a, they might play a different role. Someone who's a sister in this lifetime might have been, and maybe a very pushy sister, might have been someone who was your mother in the last lifetime. So she feels she has the right to direct you on your path. It's really not her fault. This is what she's used to. You know, mother <laughs> and being your, being your guide. And you're like hands off, you know, because it's you, it's your sibling. That's why it's really when you go into your, your 12th house and you, you explore it and you decipher it and decode it, you can see why certain people act a certain way. And rather than having it very, you know, have, turning it into a conflict, you can sidestep certain issues by validating what their soul absolutely needs from you, too. If it's, and that doesn't mean that I encourage, you know, if, if you're with abusive people or abusive relationships, parents, partners, whatever, that you have to stand there and take that. Absolutely not. But the very fact that they came back into your life this time is a clear message to me that in this lifetime, you wanted to treat it differently than you did in the last time. You wanted to not, you wanted to not be crippled by it. You wanted to to find the inner strength to move beyond it in a very divine way, which is, which is without hurting anybody, but just by using your spiritual, but your spiritual code of ethics to move forward and without vengeance or without, yeah. you know, hurt. But that doesn't mean that you, there can't be justice. And I think many times we confuse justice or fairness with being judgmental or discernment, I should say, with being judgmental. I think when people say, you know, no judgment here, I think we're supposed to come back in this lifetime with better judgment than the last one. We're not supposed to condemn anybody. So you can look at somebody else's life and say, well, that's not for me. I don't believe in that, or I don't believe in this. That's not, that's not judgment. If you, start to, if you start to condemn them for what they believe in, then it is. But we have to have our own set of guiding principles. Everybody has a, a second house, and that's our, our self-worth. And whatever sign is on that house is your set of guiding principles in this lifetime, the things that you value. 
So you must embrace them, you must live them, and you must pass them down to your children because that's what you're here to do. It doesn't mean you have to push them on other people and it doesn't mean you have to condemn others for not having yours. But I think quite often in this lifetime, many times we, we give up our judgment yeah. for the sake of peace or for the sake yeah. of you showing that we're either politically correct or we, you can accept everybody without embracing the same values. Just give them room to have theirs, you know? Yeah. I think that's really important in this world, you know? Well, just becoming defensive and knowing that, wait a minute, something's off should give you the permission to go look into your psyche and figure out why this is bothering me so much. Why is it that I can't get beyond this? Why is it affecting me so much? So it's like you have to give yourself permission to even look at it to accept it so that you can move forward. We have to come through these lifetimes in order to learn. And Why else are we here? You're absolutely right. When you and I years ago did the radio show, you would have callers calling in. That's right. And I would be looking at their 12th house and telling them what the issues were. And then you describing just what you said, you know, not everybody has a psyche like you, but you would, without even looking at their chart, you are in you know, approaching it from an astrological perspective, you were approaching it from your, your, your psychic ability to, to empathically connect with them. And then you would tell them what they had to do to move beyond it. And that's a perfect example, which is one of the reasons I loved working with you. That's a perfect example, example of spirit and science, the science of astrology and the spirit coming together to realize that, like you said, that something was off for the soul who contacted us and I could tell them what the issues were, what the issues that they had to address in this lifetime. But you even went further than that and got down deep into how they were feeling about it. And I think that's important too, that you have to address your own feelings and you can't censor them. That doesn't mean, as I, tell, I used to tell my kids that you act on them, but you have to allow other people their feelings. But if they're like, a, they're ragingly angry and then they take it out and everybody, that's not acceptable. But yeah. they, they're allowed to have their anger. They're just, I used to say to my son when he was, little having tantrums, like put them in the laundry, have your tantrum, you know, but it's not going to affect anybody else. And that's the way that it has to be. You have to allow other people their, their emotions and their feelings, but it doesn't have to be where they impact other people's lives, you know, and, and, and yeah. have a negative effect, I should say, on other people's lives. Exactly. But I think the key here is that we have to look into why our feelings are this. Exactly. And you know, and that's the big, big clincher that we're attacking others for their feelings when in fact what is going on with me that i'm allowing it to bother me exactly and that's having true faith in the fact that not just what goes around comes around that sounds like you're looking for vengeance but that what goes around all has to come around according to the universe that's how it's the universe stays balanced so that if you're looking at something that's really annoying you, and I'm human, I do it too, I have to step back and say, you know what, not my circus, not my monkeys. You know, it's, in other words, this is obviously their lesson. This is obviously something they chose to deal with. But if it's upsetting me to this point, unless I'm learning something from it, I should move on and let them have their experience. Let them, let them sort it out on their own. Um, my aunt used to always say to me, you know, and it's really true that, you know, to remember that sometimes you're not going to be the one that is the teacher. Sometimes you're not going to be the one that brings the healing message. 
And that's what we as individuals have to wrap our egos around, whether it's our children or our parents, when we see people suffering or having a hard time, we can do just so much. And sometimes it has nothing to do with us as much as we'd love it to, because we love these people and we want to help them. All you can do is impart the information and, and, and validate their feelings and then move on. But that's why I find the, the, um, the science of astrology, very much like meteorology or sociology, um, I find the science of astrology really, people say, oh, Marguerite, it's so accurate. And I think you would never say that to a meteorologist. You know, <laughs> he's really, he's deciphering what he sees in the way of influences. And many of those influences we can't see, touch and feel, but that's considered a hard science. Astrology is not. And I always go back to the fact that our ancient astronomers practiced astronomy and astrology as one science because they knew that astronomy, of course, was how, you know, studying how the heavens worked as and heavens worked as a whole and the objects in it. And astrology was how those movements impacted us down here on Earth, not just, you know, the physical part of us, but the mind, body and soul of us. And to them, everything had a soul, even a pencil because everything to them vibrated on the spiritual level, as well as the physical level, as well as the mental level. And I think if we could just keep that in mind, that everything has a soul, not in the sense that everything is alive and everything has karma and they're setting up something for the next life, but everything can be connected with on a spiritual level, everything. That's how they felt. They felt that was the only way this universe worked divinely is if the energy went out on one level, the physical level came back on the mental and then finally on the spiritual. So that comes down to what every single religion in mankind, the one principle that everyone embraces that every single religion embraces is that physical actions have spiritual consequences. And that's not a punishment thing. It's just the universe writing itself, balancing itself. So our job, is to work through the issues so that we don't have to experience them again. Exactly. Is that correct? I think so. And in in my line of work, when I start with the 12th house, it's the first and the sign that's on the 12th house, the degree of the sign that's on the 12th house. And people will say to me, I don't have anything in my 12th house. That really doesn't matter because there's a sign. Some sign was ticking up over the Eastern horizon. One of those constellations ticking up over the Eastern horizon at the moment you took your first independent breath on this planet. And that means that's your rising sign. The sign above it on the first 30 degrees is the portal, the doorway to the portal that your soul chose to come into this lifetime. So what sign was that? What degree was that? And who's the ruler of that sign? If you had Libra on your 12th house, Venus is the ruler. So I have to look for Venus in the chart and find out what Venus, where Venus is and what Venus is aspecting. Not only that, if it's the first 10 degrees of that sign, it's just one rule. But if it's the second, the first 20 degrees, it's two rules. And if it's the third, like a 23 degree labor, it's three planets that come into play. So it's, it's a very mathematical uh, formula for, for finding this past. But I've never had someone that it didn't resonate with them and they couldn't bring it right down to something they were going through today, not just going through, but something that they found crippling and paralyzing and getting in the way of what they wanted to do today. And that's why I I say that it's looking at 
the past and finding out with each sign find that's on there, just even the most basics in my workbook, uh, Unlocking Your 12th House, I give six individual keys for the layman, the beginner to go in and start looking at what, you know, putting the, putting the, the data together of where their soul came from. The number one being, what was your biggest loss? What did you find so overwhelmingly crippling that you buried everything that went with it in this lifetime? Just say it was Aries on the 12th and there was some kind of, some kind of debilitating accident, childhood, uh, childhood uh, uh, some kind of physical injury, birth defect, something that went on in the childhood that makes this person in this lifetime feel uh, personally and physically non-existent. Their ego was suppressed in that lifetime. So now in this lifetime, they when you have Aries on the, on the 12th, in this lifetime, they're really good at operating behind the scenes. Physical, Aries is a physical sign. Mars rules Aries. So they're really good at knowing how to operate behind the scenes. They make wonderful psychologists because they also know how to do a lot of mind work. They know how to, there can often be very good psychics because they can go down and operate on a subconscious level. So there's a lot of positives, but there are people that don't like to put themselves out there because they're terrified that they're going to be there, that in this lifetime, that they're once again, their ego is going to be crushed because they're not going to measure up. And this, there's going to be something that makes them feel personally and physically inconsequential in this lifetime and their egos can't take another hit. So in this lifetime, that's exactly what they said they wanted to overcome. So the last thing they should do is be hiding in someone else's shadow. <laughs> Or standing on the inconspicuous sidelines. That's yeah. actually the worst thing they could be doing. And when they hear that, they're almost relieved because they know they want to on some level, but they're afraid the soul is that something is going to happen. And in this lifetime, the only thing that's going to happen when they take that step is they're going to meet with tremendous success. But it's going through it, not stopping, exactly. but going through it. And that's what we have to push each one of our our emotions to go forward to find out what is going on. It's not a waste of time. It's actually you were designed to bring it up. This is how we learn. It's your agenda um, in this lifetime. You're absolutely agenda. right. Agenda. That was a good word. A good. It's not, it's not a waste of time at all. You know. So this tells me that we need to have another show and invite people on to ask you questions and that we can get some clarification for them absolutely as to what's going on that seems like we haven't done that in years no i would love it if i would love it if we could do the um the tag team sessions where i look at the birth chart and then you what you're doing right now like you're tapping into everything that i'm thinking about the emotional aspects of the 12th house and you used to do that. We did that together. And I think yes, that would be very enlightening for people to see that, you know, connecting with the soul is so, there's so many different ways to do it. And the biggest thing is that we have to do it. We have to say to the soul, what was so frightening to you in the last lifetime that you don't even want to attempt it in this life? That's the very thing they should be attempting. And learning how to do that and learning how to come over it. And, and I have found, and you probably have in your work too, as a psychic and being able to pick up on people's feelings as well as you do, that when you validate that feeling, you're validating the soul. 
the soul is saying, finally, somebody gets me. You know, not the physical person in front of you, which I always say to them, you know, you sit back and listen to this story. I'm talking to your soul right now. Because sometimes if somebody comes in to my, somebody gets a session and they have a really, you know, a very brainy and clinical technical mind, like if they're, if they have Virgo very strong in their chart or Capricorn, you know, it's all about the rules, about the, the method, methodology, about the technique. And I say to them, no, this is about something deeper right now. This is about validating your soul. And then they end up weeping because um, this is something that by giving that, that persona a, a moment off and saying, okay, I don't want the conscious you stepping in right now. I don't want to hear from the conscious you. I, I want to, this is what my workbook does. It gives the unconscious part of us a chance to weigh in on what the conscious part of you finds in the workbook. There's a section called soul work where you address what you just found on a level where you're not consciously having any judgment about it without censoring yourself. You're just going with your first inclination when you're answering a question after, but that's after you've pulled out information on a conscious level through the techniques that I've given you. So I think you're absolutely right. When you talk about, you know, you have to address the emotions, what you're saying and I'm saying the same thing. You have to validate the soul. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if you don't, you're just going to have to come back and do it again. And I think what makes you so special is that you take the fear component out of it and you're making it seem like, oh, okay, it's normal. And, <laughs> Don't and worry I only, about it. <laughs> and and I, you're right. I find that very empowering. And the only reason I know that firsthand and I had the courage to move ahead with this formula and that's how the books were published or got published was because I implemented it in my own life. And that's how, what a practical tool astrology could be. I worked, my children were very young and I were, I used it. Like they all had to abide by the same rules in the household. But when I saw what their past lives were and I saw where they came from and how they were processing information and what were their fears, I could apply the same rules focused on allaying those very specific fears when I did. And it was like overnight, I would see a change in something that I might've been working on for months, just, you know, either punishing or, or with, withholding certain things I thought were important to them. It didn't work at all like it did when you were addressing the soul. And I went back to them years later, my one daughter in particular, and I said, you know, when I talked to you about that, when you were seven and talked to you about a last life where you were this and you were that, and um, did you think that was very weird? And she said, no, it just, she said, I, I felt like you really understood at that moment. She goes, and I often, now she's a grown woman. She says, I, I often look back at that night. She was like seven in her bed. And she said, I often wonder why I didn't think it was so weird. And I think it's because children are much closer to the soul than we are. So they're not looking for, oh, prove it to me. They just know their mother is talking to them and something feels right. Exactly. Where as adults, we're a lot more suspicious and jaded. So it's almost like prove this to me. And, and yeah, and, and as a matter of fact, that's why kids can believe in Santa Claus. Exactly, exactly. And, I, and that's what I say, I say to them all the time, you know, when my children would exhibit, and I have one daughter who can be very, is very psychic and very connected. When she was very little and she would talk about her experiences, I never shut her down or told her she was just dreaming, I would tell her to tell me more about it. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, you are so lucky. A lot of people try to do this, but I can't believe how well you do this. And when you're encouraging your children to, you know, to flex their spiritual muscles 
as they get older, they, they have such faith. They ended up, my children end up having a dialogue with God that I never had. And I was raised a Catholic and I, and I, I was, I believed in it when I was growing up, but it's almost like it's a part of them, not something they do every Sunday. And that's because spirit is more than just, you know, some ultimate being sitting up there looking down and judging us. It's part of who they are. And it's the way they adapt and connect to the universe, you know, following the universal laws. And um, I just found that something that I want, I, I wished I had growing up and I see the difference it made in their lives as they're growing up into becoming adults, you know? And I think, you know, it's a shame that I didn't know this sooner <laughs> for my own sake, but um, all we can do is pass on what we do learn and hopefully each generation gets better. Yes, I think that's the case. And I think, I mean, after what's going on right now in the world, uh, we're going to, as humans, be growing dramatically. We can't just sit still and accept it. I think so. I think I think there's room for everybody in this world and what they believe in. And I think that somehow we got off the track and we started you know, instead of, and it has a lot to do with politics, but instead of them debating that and coming to some kind of compromise, which was what, what our whole political system was based on, it seems to be about shaming and name calling and, you know, criticizing everybody that thinks differently. And that's not, you know, that's not, I think where it started. And I think that's how we go back to spirit is to turn around and give everybody the room to be who they want to be. I mean, that's what we grew up on we're all individuals. We're not all cut from the same cloth. Yeah. And as long as we respect each other for who we are, everything exactly. should be fine. You know? Exactly. Something's off kilter here. Uh, so, so do you foresee something getting back onto kilter, <laughs> getting back into the place where everybody is going to just stop the shame Exactly. I think, I think it will, but I think like a lot of um, the pendulum had to swing so far one way, come back another way. And then it finds its, its middle, like the universe does. It finds its balance. And I think it's up to us, the people on this planet to make sure we don't give up the things that are important to them, as long as they're in divine order, which means as long as they're not hurting people, if we believe in something, hold on to that. Stand up and speak for it because it's got no other voice. Doesn't mean, like I said, we have to shove it down someone's throat, but to allow everybody to embrace their philosophies and their beliefs and, and vote that way they want, but to also accept the fact that we're a very, you know, that we're we are no, we're not supposed to be monolithic. We're not supposed to be thinking alike. When I think if everybody in the world thought like me, it would be so boring. Oh yeah. You know? it's true. I, I really am so stimulated by hearing what other people's opinions are, their philosophies. Even, even when I read Tarot, I will look at my cousin who's wonderful at it and, and ask him questions about how he does it because I love the idea of gaining that kind of knowledge. And I think at one time, but it's the dawning of the age of Aquarius. So I think that it won't be long before we find that middle balance, that humanitarian middle balance that where we're forced to, but unfortunately, I hope it's not because the earth is scorched and we have to start over. 
And yes. that's what I'm hoping for, you know? Yeah. So when do you think this will happen? Is it going to happen in a year or two? Is it going to happen 10 years from now? I think we're what probably seeing a lot of movement now. And I think I would say in 10 years from now, I think this, I think the earth is going to finally, you know, it's almost like when you finally get tired and you realize things aren't working, the, the, the cooler heads will prevail and the people, and we'll come back to a, what we aim to be before we started, um, before people, it reminds me very much of the, and again, thank you, Edgar Casey, the story of Atlantis. And mm. Edgar Casey was talking about how there'll always be good and evil in this lifetime. And if we say, oh, we're gonna wipe out evil, we're gonna wipe out racism, that's ridiculous. It's never going to happen. All that we can do is make sure that we don't support it or promote it. But it's always going to be there because it's always our test. It's always for us to say, do we wanna go down this path? We have free will in this world. So we're always going to be tempted. The devil is about, of evil, is where the word the devil comes from. It's our opportunity to take the, the, the higher road, not mm -hmm. to go down that path. So to eliminate that option for us is there's no growth. So it always has to be there. But what do we do with it? And I think in the next, I would say, 10 years, we're going, the people that have realized that there, I think there are a lot of people in this world, like in, in Edgar Cayce's uh, depiction of, of Atlantis, where there were the good factions and the, the very evil factions. And they had this tremendous, the, the, the evil factions got a hold of, uh, I believe it was things like lasers and beautiful technology that the good people or the good section of, the, of mankind was using for healing, for love, for light. And they used it in very destructive purposes. I think like nuclear weapons, whatever, and they blew the place up and then they migrated to other parts of the of the world the people that survived migrated to other parts of the world but according to him Atlantis and I used to bring my kids down to Virginia Beach for that reason was right off where the Bermuda Triangle is oh now. wow and he believed it was because uh, and he believed Virginia Beach and that whole area was a very healing area and I used to put the sand on my kids when they were little and put sand on me a spiritual and healing that's why he built his Research, his um, Association of Research and Enlightenment there on Virginia Beach and his chapel there is on Virginia Beach to this day. And he believed that one of the, re you know, other people have believed, I don't remember him saying this, that if Atlantis was there and it did go down in that area, that would explain for a lot of the, the mysterious vessels and planes that have gone missing in that area yes. because of all the this crystals and the energy that is probably well below the, the sand level in the bottom of the sea there that is having mm -hmm. a, some kind of a, a radioactive uh, effect on the, the, you know, the, the space above the planet, the water and the, and, and the deep, deeply beneath it. So that is a very interesting subject that I'd also like to look further into as well. But he was he, he was very adamant that it did exist, that Atlantis did exist. And that was one of the classic stories of good and evil and how wow. we should take a lesson from that and that, you know, that will always be there. So if we think we're going to stamp out evil by stamping out our fellow man, the people we think are evil, that's the last thing that we should be doing. What we should be doing yeah. is just taking the higher road and showing them the way to go. The the what's so fascinating right now when when things seem so chaotic, guess what? The med beds are coming out. They yes. are coming out. This is a bed that you lay in and it completely diagnoses you 
without any anything going into you. It completely diagnoses you and then turns on the power, completely heals you. So right now, it's coming out right now. That should be this, called the Edgar Casey bed because that's what he did. Is you exactly, exactly. But it's now coming out. So this is the other side of the coin. Exactly. We exactly. are seeing a fantastic new products coming out that's going to help humanity heal mentally and physically. And that's the first step with getting corrected. Exactly. We're exactly. on our course of correction right now. If we can see and allow all the good things to start coming in, which is what they're supposed to be doing right now on this planet. Exactly. I agree with you hundred percent. And I think so much of that starts with ourselves. Yeah. So much of that starts with connecting with our own soul, finding out what our purpose is in this lifetime. And purpose is a word, you know, kind of is thrown around a lot, but in karmic astrology, it's destiny. It's like, what did you sign up for in this lifetime? And, and you're not going to be punished if you don't live up to it, but you will come back and have to go through everything. It's, I, I equate it often to, you know, going to college and signing up for courses and then not showing up to take them. Yeah. No teacher or professor is getting mad at you, but guess what? you got to come back in the next time to complete them if you want to be whatever it was you had signed up to be. Mm-hmm. And the really cool uh, people have said to me, you know, birth chart, I see it as, and I think the ancients did too, as your soul's contract with the universe for this lifetime. And they always say to me, what is the, um, what is the most wonderful thing about your contract with the universe? And I always say the free will option because mm-hmm. we can opt out at any time. And they say, what's the worst thing? I say the free will option because we can opt out at any time. And it's the truth. The very fact that we have that free will, we're still as physical human beings being held accountable. And I think that's important. And we're being held accountable for the action we take and the action we don't take. We can't blame that on anybody else. If we have an agenda and we have a, a plan and we're too fearful and I get it. And we're too, you know, scared or we're, we just feel overwhelmed and we don't do it. That's not a problem. It's just that we're going to have to come back and do it again. That's why in this lifetime, you you see it. Some souls are more advanced than others. And I think what I have found, one of the most fascinating things in my line of work is that quite often we think, you know, we deify our parents and we're here to learn from them. But quite often they're here to learn from us. In other words, we are the more evolved soul than our parent was, just like my children are more evolved than I was. So we think it goes downward, but I'm quite often I see it going upward. That's right. Well, yeah. we came here to learn. Right. We came here to experience. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to shy away. We're supposed to keep on learning. It's not easy. Take, yeah, no, it's really not. difficult. Yeah. But it's not as hard as you think. When you yeah. have that determination, there's too many good things happening in life. Right. I mean, even right now with all of the chaos, you can turn around and see the great things. I mean, to me, that med bed. That's fascinating, isn't it? It, it is so incredible. If that's not going to change people's lives, nothing will. Can you imagine laying in a bed and not having surgery? I know that's amazing. Or being healed immediately. 
And that's very much the way Edgar Cayce described, described Atlantis with their healing, their crystals that were healing and their lasers that were healing. And we're moving into that. I often say many times when we think somebody lived on this planet before, and I, I, I believe that, I, I don't know how else the ancient astronomers could have known without before Galileo, without a telescope, right. that it took Saturn 29 and a half years to get around the sun or Mercury 88 days. How did they know that? Something had to be teaching them. And it was a higher life form, I believe. Maybe it was us. Maybe we we're walking in our own footprints. Maybe we we're the people of Atlantis that used to be us. And then they blew themselves. That's true. Had to start all over again. That's and I don't true. want that to happen to us. But too often, I, I wonder where they got this knowledge from. You know, the chariot of the gods and the ancient, the ancient astronauts. Maybe that was us. Maybe that was part and of I it. believe that to be true. Actually, my sister um, has a, a freckle at the back of her leg, and that indicates that she was from Atlantis. See, now I've heard that. I've heard that, too. I've heard. And I, I can tell when someone's from Atlantis in the birth chart. Ah. Quite, quite often. And it's a, it's, a, it's a combination of a few things. But it begins with if they have Aquarius on their 12th house. And where wow. Uranus is, the ruler of Aquarius and what it's doing. And when I, I've, I've probably, in all the sessions I've had, I've probably had about 20 people that I believe in my lifetime were part of that. And every single one of them, not to, to, to a one, has said they've always felt that. Now, wow. I can say, somebody could say that to me. I haven't always felt that. Somebody could say that to my brother. He hasn't always felt that. So I know when I, you, you, you get to a point with your formulas, when you know when you see certain things in the chart. Yes. And I say, okay, I don't want to spook you out and I don't want to, you know, make you feel a little crazy, but I'm feeling a real past life connected with a higher life form, with a higher technological awareness, something like Atlantis. I, say, I can't believe you said that because, and then they'll start to tell me stories. So it gives me it. more confidence in the birth chart as a tool as well. Now, this is just so wonderful. I mean, I just love it when you come on, but we want to send people that can go to you and get their charts done. They can come on to marguerite.manning.com, www.marguerite.manning.com. They can start out with the workbook. It's very reasonably priced. And in that workbook, there's a special offer. I try to make all this information at different price points for people and there's the sessions, which can, can get pricey, I guess. And there's the books, which are very reasonable. And then there's the workbook, which is even more reasonable, but there's a special session for people who have done the workbook. If they want oh, to dip wow. further into their chart and help need help connecting the dots. But I have found that when, once you know where you came from, and what paralyzed you yesterday and what you promised not to do again in this life. It's, it's a word that's overused, empowering, but it's true. It, it empowers you to turn around and think, you know what? I have a right to do this. Today. In fact, I have an agenda to do this today. Mm, I love Walking that. Papers. Yeah. And that's what people are dying to know right now. Why am I here during this time? Don't what am I supposed to accomplish? But don't you think that's interesting? Like, I never thought that when I was younger. I did. <laughs> I got to a certain age, right? But I find that, and that's why how you know this is the dawning of Aquarius. When, when the procession of the equinox comes to the point where Aquarius is where um, right. the, the first day of spring falls. So here's where 
because you're 24 degree back on the on the uh, on the constellation, uh, the fixed stars now. But that's how you know we're approaching that because I have found more people in the past eight years concerned about what they're here for. So the souls are becoming enlightened. They start to, you know, when the expression, when the teacher is ready, uh, when, this, uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. That's how I feel about people who come into my website or come to me. That, and, and many times they'll say, I don't know my birth time and I can't do a read without a specific birth time because it's really important for me to know what sign was on the 12th house. And I can't have, I can't know that unless I know that exact tilt of the earth's axis, exactly what time of day you were born. And I'll say, you know what? The fact that you're so intent on this, you start looking for it. Call the hospital where you're born, talk to your aunts and uncles. And they say, no, nobody's got it. Within days, they call me back and they say, Marguerite, I got it, I got it. And it had nothing to do with me. I think when the soul is ready, that information makes itself known. And the county that you were born in actually has that information documented. And, and many times they said, oh, the hospital burned down, all their records. I said, there's somebody that knows it. The fact the that you're does. looking now tells me you're going to find it. And they, it, always, yeah. they always do. If, you, if you're paying taxes now, right. believe me, the information on the time of your birth is out Somewhere, there. exactly. <laughs> and you just go to the county, they will pull it out for you. It is documented there. Matter of fact, if you have to go get a passport or something, you have to go to the, to the county in order to get that passport where you were born. So there you go. That's exactly what you need to go to Marguerite and that she can help you uh, understand what your past and your future are going to be like. And I got to tell you, it's going to be exciting because if, if I'm talking about med beds now, imagine, right? Imagine all these other things. And I don't know if it's from this planet or not. It may be from another planet that's coming down, but it's okay. It's but think like, about it, Jules. What about the, you know, the younger people today will think this is crazy, but what about the internet? When you think about <laughs> when we were younger, if somebody said, you know, there's a place where you can talk to anybody, be anywhere at any time, sounds a lot like spirit to me. And you say, okay, where is it? You say, well, it's not really doesn't exist anywhere. You would say this person is crazy. I know. And now here we are. It's part of our everyday life. We'd be lost without it. Imagine the things that we can't think of now or that we would think would be crazy, like the med beds, and then becoming such an integral part of our lives. We can never imagine our lives without them. I remember seeing the show when I was real young and it was, um, the need to never go out of your house. You're always in your house because you have everything at your fingertips. And to me today, it's hard for me to move outside of my home exactly. because I have got everything at my fingertips. I don't need to go anywhere. So I can either isolate or I can get onto the internet and have conversations with Marguerite Manning. That's how I feel. <laughs> but think about it. But think about it. That's Pluto and Capricorn. Pluto's been in Capricorn. And Pluto is about Pluto's about transforming everything. Capricorn is the government. It's our, our um, 
you know, it's our, our, the authority, our traditions, traditional way of doing it. Look at this pandemic. It forced all of us to stay in our homes. Yeah. Now, isn't it amazing that we have this perspective now, what's really important and what's not? Are business trips important or can we have more fun at less expense doing it this way? What's really important in our lives? Which relationships? What physical things? I've become a minimalist yeah. since this whole yeah. thing happened and I'm happier for it. Yeah. And it, but that's very much a Plutonian effect where it comes in in a scorched earth policy, does something very drastic like a pandemic, locks everybody down and says, okay, what do you really need? What you, you know, it's starting from a clean slate, kind of like Mount St. Helen is after it erupted just now. They're, they're starting to find life on new plants that they never saw before because everything was washed away. Everything was blown away. That's us now. Well, you know, the, the only thing I'm regretting is I miss my cruises. <laughs> oh, you have to go well, down. Now you can't get, can't get too drastic on a school. You have to get the cruises back sometime. Too. I have to get the cruise back next year. Next okay. April, we're doing a cruise. Okay. Marguerite, you got to come with us. I will come this time. I will. I promise you I will. Okay. Yes, in I April, April, okay. we're going to do it to all the listeners out there. We're going to do this cruise. And we're going to have fantastic people like Marguerite Manning, who's going to be able to work with you right on the ship. That would be wonderful. I would love that. Wouldn't we're that going to have to do another show where we're working together on Collins. That would be fun. That's, yeah, that's going to happen next month. That's okay. going to happen next month. So everybody be listening. And we are all out of time. Matter of fact, we're over time. But surprise, I surprise, Rachels. I love this. <laughs> Thank you so much, Marguerite. You Very are well. such a delight. You're a blessing, Jules. I love, I love talking to you and I love being with you. Thanks again. You're welcome. And to all my wonderful listeners, have a great week. And don't forget to ask the universe for a sign. Bye-bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.